Broadway Comes Back by Jack Crawford. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Bologna Times. Since last I wrote for these pages, many plays have come and gone along our Manhattan highway, sacred to Dionysus. A philosopher, who should chance to take up his tub and place it at the intersection of Broadway and 42nd Street, would have before his eyes many examples of the mutability of human affairs wherewith to feed his meditations. The star that dazzled last week, outshining the largest electric sign, is now as far from our mythical philosopher's ken as Betelgeuse. But if I am not careful, I shall grow sentimental over Broadway and its swiftly turning wheel of dramatic fortune. There are enough sentimental persons roaming Broadway as it is. The second daintily finished production of the season, the first was The Young Visitors. To pass on was The Beggar's Opera, another illustration that one has to be careful when using a light touch upon the keys of Broadway's instrument. Instead of pleasant harmony, you may find only silence. This eighteenth-century ballad opera, remote ancestor of musical comedy, with old quaint airs and picturesque quality, did not repeat in New York its London success. The scenery and costumes by my brother-in-law, advertisement, C. Lovett Fraser, were, if you will permit me to say so, charming. But the beggar's opera demands an audience to whom stage history and stage traditions have a meaning. Sir James Barry's Mary Rose seems to me a pulling play. At first I thought I must be too literal-minded to understand what the author meant. After listening carefully, however, to the exposition of this play by several of my friends, some of whom argue with much emphasis, I am still puzzled. Each friend gave me a different explanation. Now, as a general principle, a play should be enjoyed without explanation. Apply this to Mary Rose, and you discover yourself floored, as one of Dickens' characters has it. You have, it is true, enjoyed some of it, but you will go away with question marks sticking all over your mind. As the play has been published, the best thing is to leave the puzzle for the solution of each individual. As for me, I shall return to dear Brutus, and let who will worry over Mary Rose. Eugene O'Neill must certainly be considered for the present one of the important American dramatists. It is true that Chicago did not think so highly of Beyond the Horizon as New York did, but agreement should be attained when the Emperor Jones travels westward. And now Mr. O'Neill is giving us, at special matinees, different. There is a quality of pessimism in Mr. O'Neill's point of view that is not especially American. Nevertheless, he is a sincere artist and is working hard to interpret what he sees. I shall return again in another issue to this drama. Another important American play is Zona Gale's Miss Lulu Betts, her own dramatization of her novel. This is the second of Mr. Brock Pemberton's productions, the first being Enter Madam. Mr. Pemberton has kept up the high standard of acting, which he set for a goal in his earlier offering. Again, a controversy has raged, because Miss Gale gave her play a happy ending. At least it now ends with a marriage. 
The very critics who indict Mr. O'Neill for pessimism because his plays end unhappily score Miss Gale for changing hers. Of course, the real question is whether any given ending is logical. Hero, married to Claudio, at the conclusion of Much Ado About Nothing, never struck me as a particularly happy ending. An ending is not necessarily happy because the author says it is. Miss Gale, however, has defended herself with great cleverness, and, on the whole, with reason. In any event, Miss Lulu Betts is one of the plays to see. Next to be mentioned is Sacha Gautry's Deborah in a rhymed translation by Granville Barker. It is a dramatization of stage traditions, the story of Deborah, the famous clown of the Funambules at Paris. As a play, its charm depends upon the acting and the production, both of which are excellent. Mr. Lionel Atwill plays the lead with skill and finesse. There has been much critical controversy aroused by Mr. Barker's translation, particularly concerning his rhymes. The lines are short and of irregular length. Some of the actors come down rather heavily on the rhymes, and modern ears are not accustomed to rhyme upon the stage. On the whole, however, the deliberate choice of conventionalized language patterns for a play of artificial atmosphere is an interesting experiment. As for the critics, they are forever complaining that nothing new crosses their paths, yet when something new does come, they grumble and compare the new with something old which it does not resemble. Mr. William Archer, who has spent many years in teaching us all how to write plays, has achieved success in the most difficult, technically, of all fields, melodrama. Let us turn back and read Playmaking. Melodrama is difficult because no one can write a good melodrama unless he allows himself to be swept along by his own story. You must believe yourself. You must not condescend to melodrama. The Green Goddess, with the incomparably suave villainy of Mr. George Arliss, is a rattling good story. It is as old as the Vedantic hymns, and all the more satisfying for that reason. Once a year, all good playgoers should be rewarded by seeing one excellent melodrama. It clears the head. The most comfortable position in the theatre is to sit a whole evening on the edge of your chair. See Mr. Arliss and you will do this is more to say this month than there is room to say L it in. Our Broadway season has finally arrived at a stirring climax. In passing, I may do little more this month then refer to St. John Irvine's mixed marriage and to Johann Sigurd Johnson's Event of the Hills. The latter is an Icelandic drama in an 18th century setting. It is gloomy, possibly morbid, but of undeniable interest. There are other plays worth dropping in to see, but further comment must be left for another time, and the future likewise holds a promise that of John Drinkwater's Mary Stewart. In short, drama seems to be once more on its feet in New York. End of Broadway Comes Back by Jack Crawford From the Drama, Volume 11, 1921-1922